0: Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast. I'm your host Autumn Wolf.
1: I'm Jaris Stone, and returning to us again for another epic adventure, Mister Tim. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're 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 all in separate separate places right now again because of you know the whole situation. So excuse us if there's any buffers.
0: <laughs> yes. So. Um... Like I uh, spoiler alerted upon all of our um, social media, Tim's back! Yay for more history lessons. It's Woo. me. Yeah. So, um, how has everyone been? Uh huh. It's it's been yep. it's been a, it's been. A- <laughs> yeah, we know it's not been an easy ride for the COVID train with you guys at your yeah. house.
2: Yeah. Well, fortunately, um, Amy is doing a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's that, which is awesome. Uh, It's just now out in uh, North Carolina, Stacia is not doing as well as she could be. Fortunately, it's not COVID, but um, she's got a bunch of testing ahead of her. So I'm making the trek across the country again, uh, this time with my daughter in tow so that we can actually get moving forward with the full move over to North Carolina. So
0: we
1: that's going to be a fun drive.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, For those that can see it, Jarrah is not in his normal rainbow home.
1: (laughs) No, I'm actually up in Flagstaff today. So came up here to uh, look at some of the fall colors and have some fun, take some pictures. Also get some more mead.
0: Yeah, i mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can kind of see sunshine in the background, yeah. so everyone wave. Look, look,
1: there Hi. There she is, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, it, for those who can see um, and have been on our mini so I'm still recovering from the um, mega disruption that is bed bugs. So <laughs> I don't have a curtain. I have a, a, a blanket. <laughs> Because beforehand it was just glare city and you.
1: No, well, the the blank the, that blanket could be a curtain. It looks good. It looks good enough.
0: Uh, thanks. It needs to be like three inches longer. Yeah. <laughs> we live in the Valley of the Sun, um, so sun. Yes. You, you get some sun. A lot. A lot of sun. <laughs> As Tim turns towards it. Well, so um. We've had Tim before. You guys met him. If you don't remember, you can go back and listen to the first episode with him and um, the whole entire Far From Home crew. Not the whole entire. Yeah. I think that was three thirds. Uh, yeah. Three
2: fifths. Well, three fourths now. But, you know, that's yeah. neither here nor there.
0: Yep. So, and that one was our polyamory episode. (laughs) I don't remember the number, but if you guys need to go back, pause this and listen to that. And then if you want to, you should also go back and listen to our first two episodes of history with Tim. Those were leading up to the witch trials of Europe and some interesting trials that occurred there, including one where um, there was a dog involved. No, no. What was the interesting one? The boy, the the son and the husband, and the son and the father both ended up being cursed by the same witch or something. Else. I don't remember. Anyway, go back. It yeah. was great. <laughs> it was great fun. We did two episodes on it. Yes. Go back and listen to that. Because today we're going to talk about what happened in South America, North America, and I'm guessing some islands because you tried to tease that last That's time.
2: That's right.
0: Ooh. Um,
2: so... The, the history of witchcraft trials in america um really started in the caribbean uh that would be the easiest place to start because that's where a lot of the african slaves were transported to first uh, before they went up to the mainlands and um The first term that we need to discuss is an obeya, also spelled O-B-I, O-B-E-Y-A, obeya. It's um, more of a system of spiritual healing and justice-making practices, but according to the um, slave traders, it was witchcraft. That's the easiest way to put it. Um,
0: It sounds like what we call witchcraft.
2: Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it's very similar to other African diaspora religions, such as Palo, Haitian voodoo, Santeria, and hoodoo. So, um, and really and truly the Obeah stuff um, only affected the Caribbean islands and central and South America, because when it moved up and when the slaves moved up into um, North America, the colonies, they just straight up called it satanic witchcraft. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course the most popular one from the Caribbean that sparked the entire Salem witch trial was the uh, slave Tituba and her partner, um, John Indian. Um, mm-hmm. so we won't really discuss them that much because hopefully people know who they are.
0: Hopefully. And have an understanding yeah. about the Salem witch trials. We're trying to get at least to our listeners a little bit more than just Salem. Absolutely. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a special someday that's just specifically Salem. Um, but if you don't know that history, there's so much out there, um, a lot and a completely back. unrelated to history, but kind of loosely based, is the TV show Salem, yes. which is fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, historically speaking, there are some issues, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Um. So, one of the most important people. In South America, to talk about would be um, Paula de Eguilis. Eguilis? Uh, Yeah, E G U I L U Z. Um, She was a female African healer in the 17th century and she was tried for witchcraft three different times.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> we couldn't try it and get you the first time, right? so we're just going to keep going.
2: Um, so these witch trials took place between 1623 and 1636, so still a 60 years before Salem, you know, 60, 70 years before Salem even started. Um, so the first time she was tried and arrested um, was because... They, there were accusations against her about killing a newborn by sucking on its navel, jumping out a window to avoid um, a hit from her master and suffering no injuries, uh, practicing erotic magic, such that, that, dot. dot, 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 dot. Um, she was tried, arrested, tried, and then let go because they had no evidence, really. Um,
0: Somebody went, it was a three foot window. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, she told a story during the Inquisition about her witchcraft and her pact with the devil, but just like in Salem, none of it was true because they were torturing her. And, you know, it, it, unfortunately, during that time, they were using what is called spectral evidence. Basically, if somebody says, oh, I saw a spirit hanging around, then that was evidence. Mm Um, so she was charged with whipcraft, witchcraft, was not killed, but she was whipped about 200 times in public streets. And she had to serve two years in the hospital wearing a, um, a I'm assuming a kind of hat called a San Benito. I, I, I don't know what that is. I'm, yeah. Um, and then she was arrested again in 1632. Um, once again, packed with the devil. You're a witch. She had 21 different hearings for that one, which is kind of crazy. Oh,
0: goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And she had to read a script that the Inquisitors wanted to hear, basically, to get off this time. And um, so this time her punishment was... well, wow, yeah, there were 21 other women arrested for witchcraft because of this trial. That's that's kind of crazy.
0: Um, okay, so that makes sense. One for each other person. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, five women confessed to participating because of um, her and because she convinced them. And yeah, it's just, it's the biggest story about witchcraft trials in um Central and South America. So that's definitely uh, the first one to look upon. Um, Sorry, I'm reading through my notes. There's so many notes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Fortunately, um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of information out there about the South American stuff because... um, I mean, there were still a lot of the native tribes that practiced their own forms of religions, um, activities, or actually it's probably better to say cultic practices because um, a religion is something that has rules and um, there are certain precepts and canons that you have to follow, whereas a cult is something that goes more by feel. And yes, there are rituals and spells or prayers, whatever you want to call it, Um, but it's less rigid. Yeah. Um, And so... We're going to go from there because, you know, once again, said, that's, there's not too much information that I've uncovered yet, but I'm definitely going to continue um, digging into that because hopefully, um, actually, no, there is no hopefully. I'm putting out good intentions to the world. I am going to be accepted at East Carolina University in their uh, master's program for history. And I believe that I'm going to definitely focus on um, North and South America for that. So nice. we'll see what all I learn. Oh, yeah. Um, now, we're going to jump from there and go all the way up to Canada. Oui. Because believe it or not, there were also witch trials in Canada that most people don't know about. Um, Sorry. So New France, which is now called Quebec, um, <laughs> Quebecois. <laughs> Um, In the 1600s, New France um, had about 3,200 French settlers and they lived in constant terror of raids carried out by the Iroquois Indian Um, Jesuit missionaries uh, that lived up in that area were taken captive, tortured, killed, according to the stories. Um, But at the same time, a lady by the name, an, an Ursuline nun, by the name of Marie de l'Incarnation, which basically translate to the incarnation of Mary. Um, She wrote about disturbing voices that she heard in the air and a fiery canoe in the sky. And it was discovered that there are, quote, sorcerers and magicians in this country. So that started the witch craze up in canada um so this started about 1660 there was a ship carrying a bunch of new colonists uh, among the passengers was a 16 year old girl by the name of barbie Halle or also uh, spelled haley halley however you want to say it married a man by the name of Daniel Vuel, a protestant born frenchman which is not very um popular or common back in the time because Catholicism was all the rage in France in the 1600s. But there were some Protestants, uh, the the followers of Martin Luther or um, Calvin, you know, anybody who was separated from the Catholic Church at that point. Um, According to the nun, uh, during the overseas journey, Vuel tried to seduce Halle but was refused. And after settling in Beauport near Québécois City, Vuel carried on his trade as a miller in Halley went to work on as a servant in a manor house. Well, in December of that year, the manor house was suddenly fell prey to strange phenomena, um, according to the, <laughs> according to the
0: phenomena. phenomenae.
2: Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. That's dangerous. I know, for right? Because I'll keep going. <laughs> um,
2: according to the Jesuit missionary Paul Regano, the girl's home was so infested that stones were flying around from all sides, thrown by invisible hands, hurting no one, unfortunately, although they flew through 20 persons or so.
0: Regano said that rocks were just going through yeah. people?
2: With no okay. noise. And a great force okay. if they had been launched by a mighty arm.
0: Correct.
2: Yeah. Um, and then a, another servant girl started experiencing demonic visions. Only the possessed girl saw the demons who appeared to her under various shapes of men, women, children, beasts, and hellish specters, wrote Raggedo. Um, so, at first, the local people thought that it was the house that was haunted. So, Hallie was moved to another place, But everything still kept going. And the case became so extreme that it caught the attention of François de Laval, the bishop of New France, who ordered an exorcism. And when the uh, local priest had no luck expelling the demons, Laval came in person to exorcise them himself. The bishop was no more successful and stones continued flying. (laughs) Wow.
0: Well, I think you can do it, right? Right. <laughs> oh, shit, I can't do
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, who was it that said he who cast the first stone? Oh, no, wait. Um, <laughs> 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 hmm. um, so Hallie was finally moved to the colony's hospital, which was Le Hotel Dieu de Québec, which was run by a covenant or a convent that housed Catherine de Saint-Augustine. <laughs> And Mother Catherine knew a little things about demons. Widely revered as the holiest woman in all of New France, she had allegedly been obsessed with the devil since 1650s, which is interesting because that's roughly about the same time that um, King James the Sixth and the First of England and Scotland was super obsessed with demons and demonology, and he wrote his. Um, three-part and pamphlet demonology book um so demon obsession was all the rage in the 1600s especially around the mid 1600s and it's interesting to me that it took until um later that the demon obsession hit the colonies but we'll get to that in a bit
0: it was super fashionable, which means that it took forever to get to the lowly. Column. Yeah,
2: right. Oh. <laughs> well, and what's really funny about no, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't go on that tangent. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So. That's another episode.
2: Yeah, another I was episode. Hoping
0: for a two-parter. <laughs> um. Well. Maybe, we'll,
2: we'll, we'll see, we'll see, because I'm still uncovering information. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I will take a segue, t- momentary pause, to state that on my um, education page that I run on Facebook, which is called Far From Home Presents, during the month of October, I will be putting out every day an actual historical witch trial that happened Um And right now, the first series of seven is about the Salem witch trials and some of the lesser known things about it. So um, Mm -hmm. y'all can go check out that and uh, learn a few things um, that I'm finding very interesting. Um, I'm also going to be discussing later in this particular broadcast certain things that happened in America well after the 1600s.
0: Yes, Yes. I like how everyone's like, that was the last one in the Americas. It's like, no,
2: no, no, that's not even the last (laughs) one in
0: the 13 colonies. That's that's
2: not even the last one in the 1800s. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Spoilers.
2: (laughs) Um, So back to Catherine, Uh, she tried to heal Hallie and invoked the wrath of the girl's evil spirits. Uh, so those unhappy demons unable to intimidate her with all their threats, tried to surprise Catherine de St. Augustine by changing themselves into angels in light in order to delude her. Well, she didn't fall for it. And they came to the conclusion that Hallie's demons had been brought upon by a fellow traveler, Daniel Vuel, <laughs> her would-be suitor. Um, they took that as proof that of fact that the girl had to start appearing to her. So nobody could see the specter except for Hallie. Vuel was nevertheless arrested. So that became the first witch trial in France or in new France, I should say in Canada. Um, There weren't, a huge amount of witch trials up there. Um, I want to say definitely less than 20, but I don't know the exact number right now. Um, I did have a classmate when I was doing my undergrad and when we were taking a class on the Salem witch trials, she wrote about um, this particular incident. And she also said that she wasn't able to find too many other witch trials up in Canada that were recorded. Um, So hopefully we'll find some more information about it or we'll just keep Canada as pure and as untainted as letter. lets us know, um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Letterkenny! Kenny. But I digress.
0: Yes. Um, so what happened to Hallie's would be suitor? Well,
2: eventually the, um, Hallie herself, Continued living, whereas um, Vuil, the would-be suitor, was, um, he, okay, he was arc bust. In other words, he was shot with a giant handheld cannon on October 7th, 1661 in Quebec City.
0: yeah
1: yeah Uh
2: i mean it's not like they had a musket or a pistol no they used a freaking arc bus which the cannon shot if i remember right is about the size of a shot put
0: or smaller yeah yeah because you flirted with this girl who won specter
2: yep now she herself was banished she was not we're, put we're tired to death. of death. Yes. I'm
0: tired of your specter.
2: Tired of your specter. So get out of Canada, eh? Um,
0: <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> uh,
2: so finally, in 1662, Catherine Dane and Saint Augustine found a novel way to protect the youth from demon attacks. She had her sewn into a bag to sewn get rid of the demons. Bag.
0: I thought that was like a you could sleep with your boyfriend in the same bed if I sew you up in a sack.
2: That's for the Amish. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she uh, she apparently was cured of her demons uh, because eventually she recovered her health and was still out of the area. Um,
0: As far as we all know, she left and lived a nice long life somewhere else. Well, and that's kind of what
2: happened with Tichiba as well, Um, because I do want to touch on her a little bit, uh, because after um, the final person was hung, which was um, Covey. Martha Covey, she was the last person officially hung for uh, the accusation of witchcraft in Salem. Um, Then the other magistrates were like, whoa, 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 what is going on down here? This is so wrong. Y'all got to stop this. So they stopped. And <laughs>
0: Wait a minute. How many people are in jail?
2: <laughs> um, at that point, there What's was, that? yeah, it was up to like 40 people in jail, not counting the people who, uh, well, counting the people who had already been killed. Um, but fortunately, Tichiba herself was released, and then uh, Reverend Parrish sold her to an unknown person and she disappeared into history.
0: Okay. No, no. Yeah. This is is enough embarrassment upon my house. Right?
2: Yeah. It's bad enough that my kids started this whole thing and they were lying out their ass. So, yeah, we need to get rid of uh, the slaves too. (sighs) Yeah, Which is unfortunate. Um, So the last Canadian trial... Dun, dun, dun. I thought it would be interesting to pull that one up. A woman accused of fake witchcraft, of course, which most people during that time period were accused of fake witchcraft. Um, two Canadian women were charged with uh, pretending to practice witchcraft, breaking the little known Canadian criminal code um, that soon was going to be booted because, oh. I mean,. People were starting to get wise and yeah. using the scientific method and um, uh, evidentiary hearings instead of just hearsay hearings.
0: And spectral
2: evidence. Yeah. Um, so, spectral evidence. I saw a spirit <laughs> of a bird flying over her, so she must be the devil. She
0: was staring at me in church, and I felt a pickin' in my boot <laughs> I'm not going to mention the fact that I had some, uh, you know, straight pins in my bodice uh-huh. that, that was what it was. But no, it was her staring at me.
2: Oi. This lady done looked at my cow, and my cow got sick and died, so it must have been her fault.
0: Are you sure it was the same cow? Uh... <laughs>
1: I mean, we got 46 of them.
0: <laughs> They're all brown. They're
1: all brown. Well, this one had
2: a white spot right underneath its left nostril, and you could only see it when she had her head tilted up. And, no, anyway. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was my favorite cow.
2: <laughs> I called her Ella. She was
0: the, yeah, she was the only one who came over when I said, Suey. <laughs> Not Never mind. so not to, no no we're getting so
2: <laughs> in uh, um Canada eh uh the first yeah. charge was leveled against Dory, also known as Medina Stevenson, who is a fortune teller from Milton, Ontario, on the eighteenth of October um why is there so no Daddy here birthday. listed I apparently. Wait, th- that was, oh, in 2017. Okay, there we go. What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I heard about this yeah. one. Oh my God, I heard about this one. I, I was,
1: I was going to say I heard something about it. I know that it was rather recent. Right. <laughs> um, so
2: she was accused of defrauding a client of about 60,000 US dollars in cash and property. <laughs> um, a week later, the Toronto psychic, Samantha Stevenson, was also arrested under a similar but unrelated investigation.
0: Weren't they actually like mother and daughter or something? Um, Or am I confusing? Possibly. Okay, continue. Um,
2: So they convinced a man that the only way to get rid of an evil spirit in his home was to sell the house and transfer all of the (laughs) proceeds to her account.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So there was an actual witch trial in Canada. Recently, in two, June of 2017, the government proposed a bill repealing dozens of outdated sections of the criminal code, including the law against pretending to be a witch. So, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Go our Canadian listeners. Woo. Be witches.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, let's see here. Is witchcraft illegal in Canada? Well, no, it's not illegal to practice witchcraft in Canada, but either as part of the religion, like Wicca, or an occultic practice. But according to Section 365 of Canada's criminal code, it is illegal to fraudulently pretend to exercise or to use any kind of witchcraft, sorcery, enchantment, or conjuration. So that's what was actually put on trial. Not, I mean, the women were, sure, but they also wanted hmm. to update their criminal code. So... Uh, go Trudeau. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the conviction could have led up to a $2,000 fine and up to six months in jail. So the law was criticized for targeting women and specific cultural groups where beliefs in magic were more widespread, which, you know, is great thing for uh, people who practice up in Canada. And so they proposed a bill to repeal all of the antiquated or redundant criminal offenses, passing um, its third reading in the Senate last week, which was 2018. So it still took a while for everything to get turned around. Um, 1892 was the last time that it was um, updated.
1: Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. Well, and there's also like weird laws. Like I know in New York City, as of recently, it was still illegal to own more than one adult pleasuring devices. I know that has nothing to do with this, but, you know, weird laws are kind of fun for me. Um,
0: in Atlanta, you cannot tie your giraffe to a light post.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: right? In, yeah. in Arizona,
1: um, you, can't, so, uh, you can't ride your horse up, uh, up, up courthouse steps. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, funny enough, you can actually take a cow upstairs, but it will not be able to go back downstairs because of the way their knees work. So if Aww. you, yeah, if you try to bring a cow up to the roof of a building, they have to airlift it out.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: play <laughs> yeah. in high school, that happened.
2: Uh, so let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> Moo.
0: Back to it. Back to the cows.
2: <laughs> um, no, witchcraft, witchcraft, right. Um, Candidate. Yeah. So finally, a an actual witch in Canada, um, a practicing witch by the name of Monica Bord- Bodirsky, weighed in on it. And she says, no matter what, whether they were using witchcraft or not, not fraud is fraud. Period. Fortune tellers, phony psychics. It's very easy to tell the difference generally by the price tag. So <laughs> she went up against, um, you know, the 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 terrible twosome the stevensons and said you know uh, just 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 admit that you lied pay the fine move on life is good so um that's pretty much what happened they they were caught with several different um counts of fraud were fined and that was the last official witch trial in canada
0: 2017
2: yep All right. So, North So, leaving Canada. Leaving Canada and coming back down here to the good old United States, the colonies, whatever you want to call them. Um,
0: depends on the time.
2: Depends frame. on the time frame. So, <laughs> of, officially, the first witch accused in the United States colonies, was in the early part of the 1600s. They don't have an exact date, um, but it was a in New England, Massachusetts. A woman by the name of Dutch Grace was first, and that was the very first one here in this part of the world. Um, and then for some reason, it jumped all the way over to New Mexico in 1631. Um, whereas a mother and a daughter were charged with witchcraft for midwifery, (gasps) (gasps) of all things. Um, now it never came to trial, fortunately. Um, and they don't actually have the names of the mother and daughter. Um, but yeah, so from Massachusetts to new, to New Mexico, and then most of the rest of them were over here on the, over here, (laughs) over on the East coast. Um, (laughs) because, you know, that's where the majority of the colonies were. So we're going to um, skip, 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 skip. Holy cow. So just to give you, yeah, uh, there are a good 60, 70 trials before Salem that happened. So um, I know Connecticut has a very interesting tie to the witches. Um, and in Hartford, Connecticut, this was the first official American witch hunt. So Hartford, Connecticut, 1662, John and Bethia Kelly were grieving over their eight-year-old daughter um, at their house. Little Elizabeth was fine a few days when she returned from her neighbor, Goodwife wife, heirs. And then she unexpectedly, Publicly passed away, and as they were grieving over their daughter, they saw the hand of the devil at work. So the parents were convinced that Elizabeth had been fatally possessed by goody airs, and Kelly, <gasps> the Kellys testified that their daughter took ill the night after she returned home from the neighbor. And she exclaimed, Father, Father, help me, help me. Good wife, airs is upon me. She chokes me. She kneels on my belly. She will break my bowels. She pinches me. She will make me black and blue.
0: That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's also... For an eight-year-old. Eight year it's yeah.
2: it's terrifying for me to think about because I, I've got a nine-year-old daughter. And, you know, uh, up until recently, she was complaining about this adult hand, black hand in her bedroom that kept reaching out for her. And I'm like, okay, so here's what we're going to do, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. This house is, this house we live in is special. I'll just leave it at that. It is uh, definitely, there are more than humans living here and we don't have pets. Um, (laughs) So I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, because Piles is in North Carolina.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, we still see ghost pets running around the house all the time.
0: Oh, well, that's not Yeah, cute.
2: not at all. There's at least one white cat and one orange tabby with a white patch on its chest. So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that neighborhood it has a lot of action. I, I know that neighborhood yeah. pretty well. Um, so
2: after Elizabeth passed away, ac- accusation of witchcraft started flying around. Fingers started pointing at numerous townspeople, and as always, hysteria gripped Hartford. And um, the Alice Windsor of uh, Alice Young, sorry, of Windsor, Connecticut, was the first one to be hung at the gallows. So it goes from what yeah, it goes from Good Wife heirs to Alice Windsor, and or, did
0: she like visit during the time or um, something?
2: Alice Young. That makes sorry. No sense. Yeah, I know. Why? Why is there such a disconnection there? Wow, this article is terrible. Uh, maybe I should have read <laughs> it beforehand. Um, uh oh. Uh, uh, there we go. Alla Ayers, Goodwife Ayers. Oh, wow. I scrolled right to the right spot. Ha ha. Um, Yay. Okay. So Goodwife Wife Ayers, um, deathbed accusation of the eight-year-old daughter. The next one was William Ayers, her husband accused by the daughter of John Kelly for disturbing Anna Cole, who is another person who was besought upon by witchcraft. Um, and then we have... Mrs. Peter Grant, Rebecca Greensmith, Catherine Palmer, Mary Swanford, Elizabeth Seeger. So, yeah, the list it goes on and on for all of the trials that happened in Hartford. Um, most of them were hung. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, like Andrew Sanford, who was the last one listed in Hartford, he was acquitted, accused of disturbing Anna Cole or the daughter of John Kelly. But... You know, and pretty much a lot of these were because of the, this daughter of John Kelly. That she was pointing the finger saying this person did that to me and such. Um, Nathaniel Greensmith, also disturbing Anna Cole. Um, wow. Yeah. So that list went on for a while. And eventually they were either hung, acquitted, um, witchcraft was one of the 12 capital crimes decreed by Connecticut's government in 1642 um, because of the great biblical verse, Exodus 22:18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Um, so, you know, and, and they were also still very much under the thrall of the King James translation of the Bible, um, as most of the Puritans and people who came to America were, because they... Said that that was the definitive translation. Since, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A king who just wanted to bang his wife who was on the other side of the world.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. That, yeah. That mean, was. Because of bad weather, couldn't to get about. to her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes. Lots of people died. Not very fun. Now, some of those descendants of the 11 colonists. uh, that were killed during that time period were seeking posthumous pardons and apologies similar to those that occurred in Massachusetts. Now, fortunately, the ones in Massachusetts, most of those posthumous pardons came really quickly, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, such as um, Rebecca Nurse was pardoned only 20 years after she was killed, and yeah, I, I've been doing a lot of reading and research about Rebecca Nurse because um, it was found out recently that my wife, who was adopted as a child, is a direct descendant of the Nurse family line. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a little uh, little personal gain there, and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's Connecticut. Um, and we're gonna, you know, skip forward a lot in time because this is the part that gets me really excited.
1: Um, in- well, how, how about, how about this before, before okay. getting to the, okay. the more recent times, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Yes. Uh, cause we're, we're about a little bit more than the mid, midway. Point, yes. Let's leave them back. on
0: their seat. Yes. yes. Let's
1: leave them on their seat for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <All> cool. So, <laughs> so we will be right back. Yeah.
0: Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as...
1: At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout-out at the end of the next full-length episode.
0: At $5 a month, you receive a thank-you card in the mail with a Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute minisodes
1: patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to millennial Pagan podcast
0: more benefits and exclusive content to come
1: and we're back with a little bit more of the history of witchcraft and the witch trials a little bit more modern uh, so I know I know when we were uh, just before the break we were kind of getting into a little bit more of the modern times. So let's uh, let's jump back into it because I'm I am intrigued.
2: All right. So we're going to skip way past 1692 because there's so much that happened in then. Um, yes. But we are going to jump to. Um, uh, yes, there we go. There she is. Um, 1705. Whoa! yeah, this is uh, the story of Grace Sherwood. And um, she lived in the North Carolina Virginia border. Um, she was brought up on trial, or, um, on accusation of several counts of witchcraft. And of, obviously, this is, you know, at least uh, six, seven, almost 10, 12 years after Salem was nixed and the so laws very- were changing.
0: Recent from when Salem was done and over with. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And (laughs) the way that they tested her was they did the duck test.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you float?
2: (laughs) No, they seriously did. So um, I know a lot of people think that that part of the search for the Holy Grail was funny, but that was an actual test that they did to see if the accused was a witch or not. And,
0: well, what happens if she drowns? Um, then she wasn't a then witch. Then
2: she wasn't a witch, and <laughs> you know Yay. she could go up to heaven at that point. Um, but yes, they ducked her, and um, she was remanded to the county jail and clapped in irons. Now, the record ends oh, there. I mean, yeah, no, not not the clap. Yeah, yeah. God. I mean. Given the time period there was probably cases of the clap going around but that's no no sorry oh. whoa <laughs>
1: Wrong
2: podcast wrong podcast Wrong podcast not about that That will be on the podcast KTIM coming to you soon Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> or Tim TMI <laughs> Yes
2: Tim TMI You spell TMI I spell it TIM <laughs> Um so unfortunately that is where her records end in 1733 because she was so she just thrown in jail. In Fortunately, she wasn't killed for <laughs> that. Um, and the next one that I'm going to talk about is a n- very near and dear to my heart. Um, this is the the case of the Battletown witch, also known as Leah Smock. Have either of you heard of the name Leah Smock before?
1: I have I never- in, in passing. I haven't done any research on it, okay. but I have heard. So. Yeah, it's it's really
2: weird because there's very, very, very little information about Mock online, but there's a ton of information if you know the right people to talk to. <laughs> um, I was just curious... Um, Actually, let me back up a little bit. Um, I'm also currently in the middle of writing a series of books. Uh, They are an urban fantasy book where the main protagonist is a uh, middle-aged chubby white guy who does research on folklore and mythology. And... he also is an alchemist in the sense where he can um, make potions, not necessarily change gold, lead into gold, um, but that's that's getting ahead of myself. Uh, the entire. F- but
0: that's like level 20. Alchemy yeah, exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like level 10, 5, 10 to 5, mm-hmm. 5 to 10.
2: Yeah. 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 He's, he's about level 5 to 10. Um, yeah. He the first book is all about a missing person's case that he is drawn in on and um so you know he helps him out blah blah blah. the second book is about a modern day witch trial so for that particular book i decided to look up other cases of witch trials in america and um i found so many amazing little tidbits that people have only heard in passing or have passed away into obscurity Uh, the first one i found was the battletown witch she was born in 1818 in Pennsylvania where uh, Pennsylvania or New Jersey, one of the two, um, where her parents lived. (laughs) And uh, she was about 11 years old when her parents moved to the Battletown area because her father, um, found a lot of 300 acres that was for sale for farming. So he's like, well, shoot. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and, ply my trade well he didn't do regular farming he was actually um in it for the wood around the area because by trade her father john was a cooper a barrel maker Hmm. and that's actually important to the story believe it or not um so john and margaret His wife moved to the Battletown area, which if you're looking at the map of Kentucky, um, here's Louisville It is west of Louisville, around one of the parts where the Ohio River juts up into Indiana. So um, Battletown itself is only about five miles away from the river and their plot of land was closer to the river than the, the incorporated town. So, Leah, about the age of um, adolescence, so about the time they moved there, started weird things started happening when she was around. Um, Number one, they pulled her out of school because the kids were scared of her for no apparent reason. (laughs) And she was seen wandering around the woods oftentimes during school days. And she made friends with the local uh, Native American tribe that lived there. Um, in fact, you no. Know, what's this white girl doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, in fact, they were not too far away from one of their very sacred um, ritual grounds, and that's an important fact too. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so Leah was often seen wandering around the woods collecting herbs and mushrooms, and she had a very strange affinity with animals. Every kind of animal loved her. They would come up to her, even the wildest of dogs she could tame just by looking at them and pet them. Um, They said that they often saw her in the company of wild foxes, um, deer, squirrels, rattlesnakes that lived in the area. Um, There was even a story about her with a wild cougar or two. Not the
1: fifty-year-old women, Chitty. but yeah, the animal. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a, like a typical Disney princess. Exactly, Aww. exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: and then the f- like it sounds like she shared her lunch a lot. <laughs>
1: Probably, I wouldn't
2: doubt that at all. Um, yeah. And then the first weird incident happened. A couple of the boys from the school had cornered her in the woods and were teasing her. And she, quote unquote, became so angry that she called all of the wild animals to come and start biting and pecking at the boys. And they ran away out of fear because they, you know, were being attacked by all these wild animals that Leah set upon them. They weren't found for eight hours. And when they were found, they were miles away from town and were very nervous the rest of their lives. Wow. Because nice? she bewitched them. Yeah. Um, the next incident that involved animals, uh, she was a little bit older. One of their neighbors had just purchased two new fine draft horses, according to the sources that I've read. Um And she went to go pet the draft horses. Now, because of the incident with the dogs and a few other things that had been happening, people were accusing her for bad crops. People were accusing her for pretty much any small thing that was going on. From the point of her being chased by the boys until her death, everything was blamed on Leah
0: she walked by my crops therefore yeah. that's why they they failed exactly yeah. well she, and not the drought
2: no not the drought at all um, hmm. well she went to go pet the horses and the owner got so angry at her that he snapped at her and like you know swatted with his riding crop and uh, you know the dad was protective and so eventually the neighbor left and on the way home one of the horses died the next morning, when he woke up to go unstable his, uh, you know, get ready his horse for the day's work, the second horse was dead, and it was that smock girl's fault.
0: Yeah, yeah, you didn't, yeah. Wow. They, they were totally fine. Totes fine. Totes fine. They weren't. They weren't, weren't s- sick. Yeah, it. they didn't
2: have colic or anything like that. And um, so. Uh, she could also tell when somebody was sick and close to dying just by looking at them. And so that made people afraid of her because, you know, she was pressed to digitating. She was telling the future. She was, um, giving bad omens. Um, there was another incident where a three month old baby, she went to go, you know, asked to hold the baby. And at this point, the mom was so afraid of her. She's like, no, not at all. Guess what? Baby died the next day because Leah was spurned again. You know, we won't, you know, count sudden infant death syndrome or anything like that, because, you know, that no, never happened. Know,
0: stuff you didn't know about in 1703, right. like polio. Yeah. So walking by an 80 year old woman, you know, you've been sick for a couple of weeks and you look kind of yellow. I think you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> No, no, like it was clear. OK, never mind. I'm All right. That's
2: fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's oh, fine. Works. You know, it's that it's that smock girl's fault. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, so. And about it was August, August um, 20 uh, in August of 1840, the townsfolk had enough and they sought her out found her in the house, the smokehouse of the family. Since her dad was a cooper, um, he would smoke the barrels in there after they were made. Oh, and also about the barrels, I forgot to mention. Um,
0: barrels? Barrels,
2: yes. So since her dad was a barrel maker, um, all of the other coopers in the town and in the area grew very jealous of him because his barrels never fell apart. Because
0: he knew what he was Yeah, knew. pretty
2: much. I mean, he, he, he had the technique down. Although, there was an incident that um, John was yelling at his daughter, Leah, and she got so angry that the next day his barrels were falling apart. That smock girl. Um, you
0: don't get so angry I that know. You can't pay attention to your work.
2: <laughs> so she was found in her smokehouse or chased into it. They don't know exactly how she ended up in the smokehouse. Uh, There's also um, arguments as to whether or not she was tied up into one of the posts in the smokehouse or the door was chained. No matter what happened, they lit the smokehouse on fire with her in it and she died. That is the only death by fire of an accused witch On the continent of North America. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute.
1: Everybody thinks that all these witches
2: were burned, but no one. And how old was she when when that happened? She was roughly 22 years old um, because they don't know exactly when she was born. She was born roughly in 1818. So she because they don't have an actual day of when she was born. She was either 21 or 22. Okay. that's not the end of the story, though. After her death, hours after the, the smokehouse burned down, the family went to try to go exhume the body, but the coals were too hot, so they couldn't do anything. The mother, Margaret, saw her daughter's ghost outside of the smokehouse. She was wearing basically a long white shift with a black band around the waist and around the wrists. And that's important because every single time anybody saw Leah's ghost after that, it was in the exact same outfit. So there was no variations on what she was wearing at all. The only other thing that they said was that uh, she had a purple aura around her whenever she appeared to anybody. And it is said that upon seeing her daughter, Margaret started talking to her and Leah started
0: talking back.
2: And Margaret's big question was, why didn't you just use your powers against them?
0: What was Leah's answer?
2: I don't know. It wasn't written down. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first incident of Leah showing up. Uh, It took three days for the coals to cool down enough to be able to exhume the body. And when they did, the family buried her towards the back of their plot of land under a tree. And um, then for several weeks after, a lot of people started seeing the ghost of Leah Smock walking around town. Just walking, not really doing anything, but she would show up. And people would get scared because, you know, that smock girl is out of her grave. They got so scared that they exhumed her grave to three feet and then piled it with river rocks and then piled three more feet of river rocks on top of that. So she had six feet of heavy stones on top of her grave. And to this day, those stones are still there. Um, so the family, or Leah obviously didn't have children of her own, but she did have a younger brother and younger sister who were born after they moved to Battletown, and the younger sister went on to get married and have kids. Their, their younger brother, he was never quite right in the head, so he never married, and he lived a bachelor life. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, let's just put aside the fact that he probably watched his sister getting burned to death at a young age. Let's forget about mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So the great, great, great grandniece of Leah Smock wrote a book about the Battletown Witch, which uh, you can find. Her name is uh, Margaret K. Or no. Kay Hamilton, sorry. Kay Hamilton is her name. And you can find that book on Amazon. If you have a Kindle Unlimited, you could read it for free, which is it's a really quick read. It's really great. It's where I got pretty much all of my information because these were stories that were passed down from father to son, not mother to daughter. Any of the women in the family, they did not want to talk about Leah at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. So on top of all of that, it is reported that anybody who went out and desecrated her grave or showed disrespect in the cemetery where she's buried, which they call it the Betsy Daly Cemetery now. um, A lot of other people are buried there, but Leah is definitely the most infamous out of all of them. Um, Anybody who was disrespectful or was going towards the cemetery in a disrespectful manner was either chased away by wild animals. They had rattlesnakes that were reported in the middle of the winter that were showing up on the rocks, which they shouldn't. Um, because you know, Indiana it's cold, it's snowing. They should be hibernating, but no, they were on the rocks covering the grave. Um, and anybody who took away any of the stones had bad luck until they returned the stone. So, wow. it's, it's a very interesting case. Um, and everybody in town knew that that was Leah's grave up until people started dying away. Um, and a friend of hers from childhood realized that there was no marker, no headstone for Leah. So he went to one of the nearby limestone deposits, which they assume was from the same bluff that the Native American tribe did their rituals on, because it was the closest place that had the same kind of flat limestone. He took it, he carved it himself, and he put it facing away from the grave because, you know, the rocks there wouldn't allow you to see who it is. Um, so she definitely has her own gravestone there and, um, people still go out and do tours around Halloween to go visit the ghost of Leah Smock. And, um, a lot of people report, uh, electrical failures like if they were recording anything, the camera would die. The battery would just be completely mm-hmm. drained. Flashlights would die. Flashlights would go missing. There was um, uh, one of the stories that I read was a boy felt his flashlight get jerked out of his hand, and nobody was standing around him, nor was it on the ground anywhere. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, it just it just even um thinking about leah smock i get like the shivers and the chills and yeah it's just she's so cool um i have started doing tiktoks um if you want to find me on tiktok i am at sign papa dill ffh um i did my first long series of talks about leah smock and one of the things about leah is that anybody who talks about her she lets you know that you're talking about her in some way. Um, With Kay Hamilton, chapters of her book came up missing as she emailed them to her publisher. (laughs) With me, I did a 13-part series, and video number six, which was about the baby dying, disappeared completely, gone. No recollection of it whatsoever in my phone, Mm -hmm. on the TikTok um, app, nothing. So I'm like, hmm, okay, I get it. You're talking to me. Cool. Good to know, Leah. Thanks. I just want to keep your story going. I don't mean you any harm. Um, So, yeah, she's
1: uh, there's just so much I could talk about her. She's just so cool. Um, I I actually was kind of like just doing a quick search on my phone here. Um, I did. I did actually find a movie that was made in 2016.
2: Yes, and I've reached out to the people who created the film to see if there was a way that I could just watch it, and the response that I got back was very curt, very short. It was, um, this was a very low-budget film that I did with my friends. That was it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, I still want to watch it. (laughs) So... Hopefully somebody uh, um, will hear this podcast and you get it back to them and they'll be like,
1: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Here, here's the movie. Cause I would, (laughs) I would love to, to, to watch it. Right. Just, just to, just to learn a little bit more. Absolutely. And
2: that's, that's where I was coming from too. Um, I I cannot talk enough about the uh, Battletown Witch book by Kay Hamilton. She did a really good job because, you know, she's passing down her family history Um, right. And there was another book written by Gary something or other, but it was more along the lines of how panic and hysteria can take over when it right. comes to you know supposed witch incidents. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then when I when I found out about Leah, I found out that there were a lot of witch cases in the Northern Kentucky, Southern Indiana, Southern Ohio area. Um, so it's it's like, you know, that was my foot in the door, so to speak, to learn more about the area. Um, so like in 1805, after two years, two years after Ohio became a, count, a state, um, there was an incident in um, Claremont County, Bethel, Bethel, Ohio. So yeah, I think that's Claremont County. Yes, yes, it is Um, where another woman was brought up on witch trial information uh, by the name of Nancy Evans. Um, She reportedly had a black cat. Oh, no.
1: I want one. I know.
2: Right. Um, (laughs) Evans and her family sternly denied that um, the the mother um, uh, had appeared towards the uh, girls that accused her. Uh, that was the Hildebrand family. They accused her of witchcraft on them. Um, and, and granted, they were also like close to being grown young women, so probably um, late teens, early 20s when they accused her. Um, they said that she possessed them by evil spirits and would scream and be fearful of objects and beings only they could see. So now we're getting back into the spectral evidence crap. Um There were no laws in Ohio at that time about witchcraft because, you know, it was 200 years prior, uh, over 100 years definitely prior that um, there were any witchcraft laws in America. So the Hildebrands felt fear for their daughter's mortal souls, and they put her on trial for a witch, So Nancy Evans had to go through all of this ordeal. um, And it was very, very similar to what happened in Salem. Um, She wasn't necessarily tortured because they were a little bit more. um, uh, I don't know. They were less torturous. Uh, I don't know. More civilized. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A little little more civilized. Yeah. So they weighed her as a witch. Didn't necessarily duck her, but she was definitely weighed. And if she weighed less than the Holy Bible, then um, she would be able to circumvent the natural law as such, so to speak. Um, Nancy Evans, she felt sorry for the Hildebrandt family and their situation because of everything that was going on with them. And... um, basically they she proved that she was much heavier than the Bible, obviously <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i've 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 had some Bibles in my family's past that you know weighed a good stone or two, but um <laughs> not, she was acquitted two hundred <laughs> yeah not two hundred pounds and fortunately um Nancy Evans was acquitted, so that one had a good ending um <laughs> And then there was the Pilot Hill Witches in Kentucky, again, um, around uh, the Louisville area, a small town called Pilot Hill. It was actually a mother and a daughter who were accused of witchcraft. The daughter was like four or five years old, much like the case of um, Sarah Good and her daughter, Dorothy. Um, mm-hmm. which was just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing in Salem where poor Dorothy, four years old, thrown in jail and, and there. left to rot, basically.
0: Yeah. She she was released at the end yes, of it, Yes, right? she was. She yeah, survived. She was in there the whole time.
2: Yeah. Mm. But um, her mom and her um, baby sister, Charity, who was born in jail, did not survive the trials. Um, yeah. So the Pilot Hill witches... um, Huh. Not much about the family itself before their witch trial, but after they, um, after they were um, tried and, and uh, weighed, so to speak, they were both buried in the Pilot Knob Cemetery, which is um, close to Marion, Kentucky. Um, and they have an amazing, um, uh, cemetery set up for them. And there's beautiful headstones all around until you get to one that is completely surrounded by a wrought iron fence. <laughs> and this hmm. is the five-year-old daughter of James and Mary Rebecca Ford by the name of Mary. So Mary Evelyn Ford is the person of a thing that they call the story of the witch girl, the little witch girl. Um, <laughs> it's <sighs> so. I'm sorry. I I get. Oh, I want to go visit you this grave. Angry. That's that's all. Oh. Yeah. I really want to go visit this grave because not only is it surrounded by a white wrought iron fence, all of a lot of the bars. In the fence are bent outwards, broken off. People say you can hear the child laughing in the middle of the night. Um, it is completely covered. Uh, they actually went ahead and cemented the, the casket into the ground and then covered it with gravel,
0: so people would stop trying to open it.
2: Um, no, they just did it straight from the beginning because they didn't want her to oh. get out.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: I'm um, old. Ugh, ugh. Um,
0: <laughs> you gotta tell us the story now.
2: I'm sorry, you, you, I, I lost you there. What'd you say?
0: You gotta tell the story. I'm getting now. there. You're all I'm getting
2: there. All right. All right. P- Pilot's knob, the witch's grave. The cemetery is located off Ford Ferry Road in Mar- Marion. Uh, the legend behind this cemetery is about a five-year-old girl who was burned at the stake along with her mother. So I guess there was. A second one burned at the stake, but that is a bit of circumspect whether or not they were. Um, but this was the late 1800s, early 1900s when this happened. So it's not known what happened to the body of the mother. The little girl, though, Mary Evelyn, is buried in a steel-lined grave that's covered with rock and not dirt. Um And they also, another source says that it was cemented in. Um, The white picket fence surrounding the grave, this base of the fence is a series of crosses that connect from end to end. However, she is not tall enough to climb over the fence, unlike a normal five year old. So she was stunted in growth um, in life. Her tombstone looks brand new even though it's almost a hundred years ago old and so does the fence and nobody goes in there to do any maintenance at all. Um, and then there are places inside the fence in, on the gravel that looks like a child footprints all around the grave. Yeah. um, The legend says that she cannot rest because she's searching for her mother, nor can she escape the confines of the fence because of the crosses. Um, There is also in the cemetery a watcher who makes himself known to you while you're in the cemetery. And he's a different guy completely. The watcher was murdered at the swinging bridge, but haunts the witch's grave. They say that he's trying to get the little girl out because of the crosses that surround her, but he's unable because he is very evil. Um, the crosses appear in the trees, both upright and upside down directly over her grave. Although they face all different directions. Um, she presents herself as a five-year-old girl in a white dress, though her dress is scorched at the bottom as is her blonde hair. If you were brave enough to lay down on her grave, she will hold you down, refusing to let you go until someone from the outside of the fence pulls you free. Okay, if we go,
1: one of us has got to lay down. Totes. Done. I tell you, if, if we go, one of us is going to lay down. It, we're we're going to have to try that because that, that's just, that's like, that's chilling entailized? to me. Why don't I, I want to see it. Uh-huh.
2: Um, I've, I t- I've co- of course, told both my partners, Amy and Stacia. Amy is all for it. Stacia's like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I love-
0: I'm on Stacia's side. Let's say fuck no. Let's go. Let's be respectful and let's leave.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah. So, that, that, uh, those are the two, one, three uh, in the area of Kentucky and Indiana and Ohio that I really liked. Now... You would you know what's think. Kind of
0: funny. Hmm. My roommates want to move us to Indiana.
2: Yeah, I know. I saw. <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely <laughs> state if you stay north. <laughs> anything north. Muncie. Anything north of Indianapolis is basically northern Kentucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: from Georgia. I think I'll be okay. I, I,
2: I grew up in Indianapolis, so you know it's my old stomping grounds. Which mm. I'll be there Wednesday to visit with my folks for a bit on our travel. Um, So you would think other than, you know, the, the charlatan trial up in Canada and the late 1800s, early 1900s, that there were no more witch trials in America. Well, you would be wrong. (laughs) There was a witch trial that happened here in Arizona <gasps> Ooh, uh-huh. Uh huh. This was the Flowing Wells witch trial just outside of Tucson. Oh. Uh huh. This was also in the late 60s, early 70s when it went down. 19? So, Anne Stewart, who is a tenured teacher uh, at the Flowing Wells Uni- Uni- Unified School District, was brought under charges that she claimed to be a witch and taught witchcraft to her students. A legal challenge overturned her firing and required the district to rehire the teacher. So she was an expert in folklore and witchcraft from U of A. Uh, I won't fault her at that. Go sun Devils. Um... And she was invited to speak to the upperclassmen at the Flowing Wells High School in northern Tucson. The presentation included a description of physical attributes for witches. These included blonde hair, a widow's peak, greener blue eyes. You know, these were these were very classic witch definitions in that time period. You know, obviously we know that there is no specific type of person who will practice witchcraft because it's open for anybody and everybody who truly believes. Um, Shortly after she um, gave this talk, the students started joking with her um, over, and, and she was an English teacher with a decade of experience, about how closely she matched the description of a witch seeing an opportunity to stimulate her students' interest in American literature and folklore, she said, well, what do you think? And when her students asked if she was a witch, as Stuart later explained, I never said I was a witch. I told the students I had the physical characteristics of the witch, and they chose to believe that I was one. So rumors grew, and stories started going out of whack, basically, and... um, she tried not to influence or convince the students of the reality of witchcraft, but she was trying to at least present it as a, a viable um, cultic practice or religious practice, however you want to look at it. And also, you know, it's, it's something that people still believe in. Well, she was suspended from her position in uh, um, 1970, in November of 1970. The reason was, quote, teaching about witchcraft having stated that you were a witch in a way that affects students psychologically. Um, there were, oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, hey, let's not talk <laughs> about sex ed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stewart, the other charges that were brought up were, um, she was discussing things that were not in the curriculum to the detriment of the curriculum material, being a poor influence to students, insubordination, and causing mental stress on other teachers. Of course, she denied all of the charges against her. Because I mean that's just stupid in in the 1970s, it's just mm-hmm. something that you just you just don't do. Um, mm-hmm. so of course, the townsfolk got involved, Ezekiel was brought into the trial, and um, other people. Um, Other people were, you know, saying that she was a witch and they saw her do things. And she's like, oh, come on. Um, She then changed her hairstyle to hide her widow's peak and begin to carry an ebony cross around that belonged to her great-great-grandmother. And the reason why she did that is because, well, I wear it because a real witch wouldn't dare and I want to demonstrate that I've been defamed. So she appealed for the suspension in December. So, um just uh, like a week or two later after she was suspended, um, they deferred making the decision and instead formed a committee of faculty members to investigate the charges. Uh, Final hearing on the suspension was scheduled for March of 1971. During the hearing, the board officially decided not to renew her contract for the upcoming school year. So after she was fired, she filed a legal charge to the board's decision. Her suit claimed that she did not receive proper notice of the hearing and the board violated a state law requiring such a hearing to occur occur before March 15th, because it was on the 22nd. The court sided with Stewart, ordered that they rehire her and the judge said it is obvious unfortunately that the school district district has not complied with the requisite statutory procedures for dismissing a tenured teacher as and as have heretofore been removed by our supreme court so in february of 72 she was not rehired and no further sources whether report whether or not she returned to that school district that later that year so you know having a writing a book in 2020 about a witch trial is not too far-fetched. And, um, you know, I know that there are so many of the uh, fundamental religious people that full well believe that, you know, if you say witch, it's synonymous with Satan. Um, But in the previous podcast the two-parter you know we discussed how it evolved from ancient cultic practices through the catholic church dogma and writings to become linked with satan and then further linked with the occult and yeah
1: wow so
0: sorry i think i'm being choked by a specter um (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I
2: know people who pay extra for that, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to cough into my mic so it can be all cut out.
2: Take a drink of water.
0: That's what caused this in the first Mm -hmm, place. mm
2: -hmm. Speaking. Where did... Oh, there's my water. Yeah, I've just been talking for like... (laughs) Hmm. That's okay. I was going to cut you off soon anyway. Yes. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the the quick and dirty research that I was able to dig up on this subject. Um, I'm going to be delving further into it. Like I said, with my master's degree, I'm actually going to talk with the advisors and say that's what I want to focus on is, you know, um, mysticism, witchcraft, uh, folklore, cultic events that happened here in the United States. From Salem going forward,
1: yeah, I really, I, I really hope that that definitely pans out for you because, mm-hmm. because uh, I know that there there'd be a lot of people wanting to hear hear the next next part of this. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm also going to continue on my TikTok
2: with presenting um, new stories that I find. I'm going to try to do them in ha- 13 um, minute segments because it's just a fun number. <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah as somebody who was born on the 13th i agree
2: (laughs) so yeah that's what i got what do you guys have how are you
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh i hope all of that was cut out for our listeners but i've been dying for the past like 15 minutes um (laughs) um I'm actually trying to go back to school myself, yes. not for anything as fun as history or which history. Well, I mean,
2: whatever you decide to go to school for is going to be fun for you. So,
0: Oh, you know, yeah. No, I'm mm-hmm. a complete and total nerd. Um, I've uh, narrowed it down to three schools, yet one of them I'm probably going to cut out of that option and look at a couple of other options um, for a master's in... Mostly emergency management, but a lot of the schools I'm looking at is emergency management and homeland security. So yeah. and it kind of just depends from there. So right now my top two favorites are um, ASU and Jacksonville, nice. Florida.
2: Go Sun Devils.
0: So And then there's a couple other schools, like I said, I'm looking at. If we do end up going to Indiana... Um, I'm gonna call it uh ball state has a certificate mm-hmm. in emergency management not a master's so it's kind of like ah, nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. i don't
1: know
0: so that's where i'm at but otherwise it's halloween season Heck yeah. so oh yeah i'm enjoying the spirit of halloween and as some people saw on my uh facebook and our instagram my altar is back up and ready to go. That was not part of the plan. I was not going to put up my altar until I was kind of done with putting up everything else. But it, I don't know. It just screamed ready.
1: Well, especially because of the last mini sewed I would say.
0: Huh?
1: Because of the last mini sewed,
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, I don't know. It, I didn't think it really influenced me that much. But all of a sudden, it just kind of really came together quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's putting me in the Halloween spirit. I got a couple of other decorations I want to put up, but. And you're up in flag enjoying yeah. the weather. Yep,
1: yeah, we'll be we'll be heading down and back down shortly. So going to go down the mountain into the heat.
0: Yeah, I always hate that. Is like it, all of a sudden, the moment that you feel like you're really that altitude finally leveled out is when you really start feeling oh, yeah. the heat mm-hmm. and the sun, and then you get kind of carsick. Oh yeah. And I never get carsick except for that exact portion, and it kind of sticks with me until uh, about Bell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but
1: I'll be uh, starting my new my new position at work uh, officially as of tomorrow. Yes. that's so exciting. Finally. Yeah, finally finished training, and now I get to tell people, hey, you messed up when you bought this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Did anybody do any full moon magic? We get two full moons this month.
2: Um, Yes, actually. Um, uh, It it was very lazy full moon magic, but, you know, the (laughs) wife and I were laying in bed asking for... um, One of the things that we're and I hate to say it like this because it sounds so insensitive, we're hoping that Amy's grandmother passes away fairly soon, um, mostly because her health is just terrible at this point. I mm-hmm. mean, she's, she's 98 years old, and um, she has lost most functions of her physicality. She's completely wheelchair-bound. She can only use one hand, um, and she can't even lift it all the way up. She can only lift it to about here, um, her vocal cords are failing her. Her mental faculties are going. So we, we lay in bed and we did um, some energy work and we uh, you know invoked the corners and asked for those benevolent spirits that were listening to understand that this is coming from a place of love and that we wish grandmother were too. Um, you know, be able to pass on so that she can be reunited with her husband and her son who have already passed on before her. So, yeah, that was our full moon ceremony.
0: (laughs) Well, we just talked about giving and receiving um, healing energy. And Mm -hmm. one of those things that we talked about in our mini-sode was literally knowing when to stop trying to heal and when to start opening those channels. So... I don't see anything wrong with that negative Mm -hmm. or any negativity. My grandmother's at that stage as well. And um, almost every other phone call, she's crying or saying that um, she wants the good Lord to take her. And um, so I I, I understand where you guys are coming Mm from 100 percent. And I hope our listeners do. and i wish you safe passage friends yes
1: yes because
0: you're about to cross the country
1: yes
2: it's gonna be so fun i get a i get to see family that i have not seen in decades um like i was just reunited with my middle child um Mm. as of two weeks ago because they turned 18 um back in june and um they sent me a message through facebook messenger and um by the way hi jack i love you um <laughs> I, I already told him that i was recording this today and they were like i want to listen nice. um,
0: hi middle child yes, uh,
2: hello jack so my 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 baby daughter has now self-identified as um pan and trans and they wish to go by the name jack and i'm like done. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for telling me because, you know, I don't want to make any faux pas. So, right. um, Yeah, I finally get to see them for the first time in 14 years on Thursday, which I'm so excited for.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
2: And I also get to see, um, my oldest son, um, because I'm staying at his place on Tuesday night and it's just going to be, it's going to be an amazing trip. I mean, yeah. A lot of reconnections, which makes me happy.
0: Awesome. Okay, so Jarrah, did you do any full moon magic? Uh,
1: very passively. I mean, a, as you know, this full moon was the harvest moon, and as I'm kind of named after the, the rune for Jarrah, for, for Jarrah, for harvest. Um, yeah, I just kind of found it interesting that somebody got a, got a very big thing happening to them on the harvest moon. And I'm not I'm not saying too much into it. 45, 45 um, <laughs> But it's it's just one of those, you know, it's it's time time to reap what you sow. And he sowed a lot of shit.
0: <laughs> yes. So um, there's a little rumor, a.k.a. a possibility of the assistant manager of my current job um, putting in her notice. Um, she doesn't know for certain yet and i was actually out friday which was the day that she was going to do it and i didn't see the position available on the website but on friday night because thursday was the actual food right
2: Mm -hmm. yes
0: yes so friday night um because thursday night i was very sick um i did actual magic for um getting the new job and really trying to put it out there that that would Either that I would accept this in her position or that something else great would come along that would be financially awesome and helpful um, just to keep moving me forward. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff in the air as far as potentially moving, going back to school, stuff like that. But Mars is in retrograde, so a lot of that's on heavy pause. And then Mercury is about to go in retrograde, so... Another heavy pause. Hmm. So I'm just trying to give myself a little extra boost because of those guys doing their own thing up there and see how it goes. Um, I'm probably going to be the least qualified of the two other people that I know they're going to apply for the position. But neither of them work at the site that I work at. So I'm hoping that gives me a leg up and that um, showing the um, achievements I have in the short period of time that I've been with this company really gives me the win in there so if you guys are thinking about me like put that little energy out there yep. um and see at least that the next steps are awesome and positive and I'm sure they will be so that's what I did for my full moon I did magic
1: mm-hmm <laughs> haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Rusty. One, one of the big things that kind of, I, I was looking forward to for, for this, for this last full moon. Um, I just kind of reached out a little bit more to Hecate and I was like, Hey, show me something, show, show me something. I need to know that you're here. Cause I've been, I've been kind of not feeling the presence and then yeah, with every, with everything that kind of, kind of went on and, just the the full moon, and especially with October being being a blue moon, mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I'm like, okay, I'm I'm here for it now. I I'm starting to feel it, and I'm starting to get back into uh, into my practice with her. Good.
0: I always feel like October is a really great time to reamp your witchcraft. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us really feel very witchy during <laughs> October. Hmm. <laughs> Right? So we kind of really retouch on our practices during that time, too. It's a nice little hard reset that we kind of keep flowing until about summertime. And then it's a, oh, the world wants us to do other things. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I was all set to move the entire family, but now we have to do it still in stages. So, yeah, yeah. But
0: so, I mean, we know. are
2: going to have everybody. And the plan is to have everybody out in North Carolina before Christmas. So not Yay. too much longer. Yay. Good. Good. Yeah. Bad, but good. Cause yeah. you know, we're, we're going to yeah. miss you. We'll
0: miss you. Well,
2: I mean, I'm just a quick zoom call away.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. true especially now that we're a lot more comfortable with zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway for our listeners thank you very much for listening think about joining our patreon how do they find you tim i know you just said TikTok.
2: yep you can find me on tiktok um at sign Papa Dill F F H all one word. You can also find me on uh, Facebook through the far from home presents page. Cause that's going to be our educational page. Then we also have the far from home band page, um, which is far from home and friends. Uh, we are on Instagram. We're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, which is we letter R far from home, all one word. Um, and you can also find us on Venmo and Cash App the same way. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. If you have any, any questions um, and want to re- reach out to me, please feel free to because um, I know this is a very weirdly niche market that I'm getting myself <laughs> into, but this is where my passion lies. It is in uncovering the truth of historical witches and, you know, trying to get rid of a lot of the misconceptions and lies. Yeah.
0: And Tara, where can we find you to see lovely pictures and fun and cosplays? And-
1: oh yeah. Same place as always. <laughs> of course on my Instagram, Haggard underscore Haggard, co- underscore cosplay. Uh, <laughs> and then on Twitter, I've been posting up a little, little, little bits here and there, not too much, but of course at Jarrah Stone.
0: Well, you can find me Autumn Wolf on Facebook and on and um not Instagram uh, on Twitter. <laughs> you can find Millennial Pagan Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you can also find me on uh, WordPress at um, Iron Wolf Circle, and you can find weird stuff that I also write, but has nothing to do with witchcraft on DeviantArt as Autumn Ironwolf. (laughs) If you care. Probably shouldn't. Um, I'm intrigued. Goes to the Googles. (laughs) I'm kidding. I've only put up two fanfics.
2: Well then... goes to the Googles. No. (laughs) Oh, just regular, not adult fanfic. Okay, got it. Not yet. Awkward.
0: I'm just starting.
2: You got this. You can do this. Trust in yourself and your art. God, I'm such a father.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) So um, say bye to Dad Tim and marry me.
1: Merry part and Mary marry me, me again.
0: again. I heard that
1: mead. I, I got say, some over here. I love mead. I'm just saying. <laughs>